Hey, Bitch Talkers. This is Erin. How are you? This is episode 194 of the Bitch Talk podcast. I can't believe we're six episodes away from 200. Freaky. This is our second half of the interview we did with Lyrics Born at the live show on June 2nd in San Francisco. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed the first half. And this is our second half talking to him about New Orleans. As you know, it's one of our favorite places here at the Bitch Talk podcast. We get to talk to him about his upcoming album, which he's currently writing right now and in the studio um, that comes out next year. Uh, And we're excited that he was a part of our show. And um, we'll finish off this podcast with some live, uh, well, taped to live, I guess, uh, questions from the audience that came to the show on June 2nd. Couple things. Uh, we are co presenting with the Frameline Film Festival this June in San Francisco. We are co presenting two different shows. One is called Woke Women Mixtape. It's at the Roxy Theater in San Francisco, Saturday, June 17th at 6 30 p.m. The other title might be familiar to you, but we loved it so much we said, yes, we'll put our name to it again. It's called Brown Girls, and there's going to be two screenings. One's going to be at the Rialto Cinemas Elmwood in Berkeley, Sunday, June 18th at 9.30 p.m. The other showing will be at the Roxy Theater in San Francisco, Tuesday, June 20th at 7 p.m. You can get your tickets at frameline.org, and we'll be there, so come say hi. If you need to find us on the socials, we're on Instagram at Bitch Talk Podcast. We're on Twitter at Bitch Talk Pod. And Facebook, you can just find us at Bitch Talk Podcast. You can also find our website with all, I mean, all of our 194 episodes at bitchtalkpodcast.com. So uh, go find us. Say hi. Send us an email. Tweet us. So without further ado, here's episode 194 of the Bitch Talk Podcast with Lyrics Born. Well, I wanted to talk to you on the on the topic of evolving. Uh, w- with every album, what's so special about you is you, you don't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. In 2015, you came out with an album that you recorded in New Orleans called Real yes. People. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about New Orleans with yep. you. Just okay. let's talk for yes. hours. Yeah. You used to Why? live in New Orleans, didn't no, you? Or? Maybe in my past life. Oh, yeah, well, okay. in her past life, yeah. Well, I know you always had the floor to leave. Yeah, I, I just have... assumed that you did at some point because it's a whole story. But okay. now this is all about New Orleans. Right. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always been there. Why? And, why New Orleans? Why everything? Because <laughs> I mean, for me, like I, I'm just. When did you feel the feels for New Orleans? I've been touring. I've, it's been a stop on my tours for the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, and. There's just no place like it in the world. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's the, the maybe the one true and perhaps the last real music town in the United States of America, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of people say Detroit. Okay, well, Detroit, Detroit obviously has a great history, but those artists are no longer there. You know, Motown is no longer there, you know? Um, People say Austin. Austin is a great music town. Like if you want to go <laughs> mm-hmm. see music, mm-hmm. but there's not really an indigenous Austin music, homegrown. Maybe I'm speaking out of school here, but to my to what from what I've seen, you know. Whereas you go to New Orleans and it's like, <clears throat> I'm a fifth generation musician in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it means something. Yeah, it really means something. You know, like when you see. You know, Prez Hall, play, Preservation mm-hmm. Hall band play. You know, it's like 
this is Charlie. His father was a musician. His yep, grandfather exactly. was a musician. <laughs> His grandfather's father was a you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's almost like I don't know. It's like it's like coming from a a finance family in New York or something right, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah, I'm like seventh generation banker or some shit like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like there's you there's like a history there and it means something. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, I just I knew it was a special place when the first time I went there, I saw little kids walking down the street carrying trombones mm-hmm. or carrying Ugh. trumpets. or ca- It's like, I, you, ne- you don't see that anywhere else in America. Yep. You know, it's like a big deal if you're a great trombone player. Mm-hmm. It's a great deal. It's a big deal if you're a great trumpet player, you know. And um, and there's just, there's music anywhere. Like, I, you know, um, I had uh, Corey, Corey, uh, Corey Henry from... Uh, Rebirth Brass, formerly of Rebirth mm. Brass Band, was on my album, and you know, yeah, great dude. And and I was just like, well, so what's 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 life like for you, you know, as a musician here? And he's like, well, this morning I played a funeral, then later on I played the second line, then we had a private gig in somebody's living room. Tonight I'm playing at the Howlin' Wolf. Mm-hmm. Next week I'm playing <laughs> Jazz Fest. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> it's Damn. it's this kind of crazy occupation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you're a working musician, mm-hmm. you know, and you, where else can you do that? And so mm-hmm. as a result, you just have this crazy long tradition and history of, of music there that, that doesn't exist anywhere else. And I was there right before Katrina mm-hmm. and I was there right after people came back, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know that I'd come back here. <laughs> if the entire Bay Area was wiped out, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would come. <laughs> I don't know that I would. I, I thought about that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I'm as tied culturally anymore to the Bay Area to where if the whole shit was just obliterated, like New or- like Katrina did mm-hmm. New Orleans, and then all the other hurricanes before, and I don't know that I would come back. You know, but because it's so special culturally and the Mm -hmm. music and the food obviously but the music has so much to do with that people came back all the musicians came back almost all the musicians came back Mm -hmm. you know and i saw it i saw it like right before and then i was there right after and i've been every year ever since and i've just seen more and more people come back and back more more of the locals come back and back and back and it's just it's really a special place you know and it's the one place where you can go these days and be a professional musician, and it's like a thing of pride. Yeah, for some legit you know? shit, not like backup for some right. shit that you don't really believe in, but it's paying the bills. Yeah, like, you know, people we know that yeah. mm-hmm. live in the Bay Area, they're yep. struggling yeah. so hard. Yeah. Can't afford it. You know, and the gigs that they're mm-hmm. getting, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, how are we going to make it? And yeah, da, 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 da. It's just such a different vibe. Um, maybe the Bay Area was easier 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but five Um, years ago five years ago (laughs) yeah but um new orleans is just such a special place and the music has a certain sound and it was um after all those years of playing new orleans and meeting musicians and you know uh you know sitting in at clubs and so forth i wanted to do you know when you make when you've met you know that that was my eighth album you know and it's Mm kind of like when you've done 
so many albums and I'm sitting there I'm like, what, what the fuck am I going to do next? <laughs> you know, what? What? because mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I have to do something that I haven't done yet, you know, and or and preferably it's something that nobody else has done either, you know, at least not in my my genre, you know, and that was one of the things that I hadn't done yet, you know, and I'm really good friends with um Rob and Ben uh, from Galactic, mm-hmm. and so they agreed to produce my album, and um, I it's it was my best album in years, you know, just because it was so invigorating to be around that energy, you know, that just really raw, organic, visceral funk, you know. Mm-hmm. I hadn't made a song less than three. I hadn't made a song less than three minutes in probably fifteen years. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it was dope to just be like nah you're thinking too much just put the verse down put the chorus down you're done man it sounds great (laughs) trust me trust you it's awesome we're going to the next song you know (laughs) Damn. and so i needed to hear that at that time you know because i'm like how the fuck can i outdo myself what if i do this shit in like a 7, 8, 15, 24 time <laughs> signature and shit like that's no, that half that. Asian you were trying to overthink yeah, it right. was the Asian I'm doing my math yes. right yeah well and you I got to- my abacus out <laughs> well and you right. got to work with like New Orleans royalty like Preservation <laughs> mm-hmm. Hall Jazz Band Ivan Neville yeah like what the fuck did you know these people prior or how'd you get in there I knew Ivan um again he's like I mean oh well that generation yeah I mean who Nevels. doesn't know Ivan yeah. right yeah the Nevilles are obviously like. Excuse me, he's on my speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the thing, the thing is, so and I knew, I knew Jaffe from, um, uh, from um, Ben Jaffe from Preservation Hall Jazz Band. But the thing about it is also even these guys, brilliant, super talented, crazy history. They, I mean, they tour everywhere. Like the Nevilles are just musical royalty, and mm-hmm. they're just open. Yeah, I'll come to your show. I'll come get on stage with you. We'll jam. You know, it's it's not it's not pretentious at all. It's like we play music every day. If you want to come play with us, cool. If you want us to come play with you, cool. If not, that's fine too. But we play music every day. You know, it's not showbiz. It's music. You know, mm-hmm. and that is kind of what I needed because I consider myself to be that type of artist. You mm-hmm. know, I need to be around music. I need to be making music i need to be around other artists i you know i'm just not a i'm not just a studio guy you know in fact i don't even like the studio if you want to be honest like i don't like being in the studio you know i like i want to record my song i don't want to think about it too much if it sounds great good let's move on because i'm gonna go home after Mm -hmm. this you know or i'd rather be on the road or i'd rather be Mm -hmm. performed you know what i mean so it was that kind of like we're just going to do it. If we're off key, that's cool. Whatever. Maybe we'll try it again. Maybe we won't. You know, maybe we can do it better. Maybe we can't. You know, whatever. You know, it's it's more about the spirit of it. You know, it's yeah. more about the feel. And I think that is kind of, to me, that's like New Orleans in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You know? So what are you pulling inspiration from uh, for your next album? So I'm working with the same guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to do Are you going back it. to New Orleans? Can we go? Uh, <laughs> You'll Are, need you, you're muses, laughing, but for sure. We I'm can do things. Saying. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. We can record cool. bitch let's, talks. Yeah. Let's it's go. whatever. My you know, I, I keep telling my my my, my uh, son is like, When do I get to go? 
<laughs> you know, I'm like, you don't even, you don't like the food. I make the shit at home. You're like, we got to eat this shit again. You know? So I'm like, well, I, trust me, if we go, you're going to have to eat this shit every day. I'm sorry. Time. What's the shit? What are you making? Yeah. Like gumbo, and and jambalaya, you know? And, I mean, what? Right. Yeah. So I, I make that at home. I'm mm. after having been out there, I make that at home. Nice. You know, and I'm like, good luck finding a green vegetable out there. Oh know? yeah. No, no. Everything is in styrofoam. Everything right. is deep fried. They need fried, community you know? gardens. Right. Last time I stayed out there. Let's last, unite the worlds. Yeah. <laughs> last time I stayed out there, I, I Airbnb for my sessions. I Airbnb to like a cottage, and I was like, because I was there for a while, and um, I asked the dude who let me in. I was like, hey man, uh, because you know you, you you in the bay, if you want just to throw some shit away. Oh. Yes, <laughs> it's extremely difficult. I'm just like, how the fuck do I do this? I, it's rough. I have an anxiety attack just <laughs> every time. Just trying to throw away the rest of my meal. Yes. you know what I mean. Four I'm like looking on the back of a fork for numbers yes. and shit. <laughs> shit, so true. Looking on the bottom of glasses. How soiled is this? Yes. Can this pass this for go- recyclable or is this compost? You know. It's just, it's a, it's a puzzle every day. You got to work that shit out. You're like, oh my God. Oh, in New Orleans, I was like, okay, which one is compost? Where's the compost? You know, you're just trained at that point. You're like, yep. Where's the compost bin? That's what, and I was looking up at the sky when I was asking him this too, because I was trying to remember all the bins. It's like, where's the compost bin? Where's the recycling Where's landfill? He's like, what is that? <laughs> Throw it all in the bag, man. You know, so yeah. that's what they do. They threw all the fucking shit in the bag. Right. You type the bag and you put it out on the street for garbage collection. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? And I asked my, you know, I asked Rob Ben about it. I'm like, yeah, we don't really recycle out here, man. We're just, you know, we're working on it. But yeah. <laughs> they, they were like, oh, yeah, 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 that California shit, man. Yeah, we don't do that <laughs> shit out here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, but you know, it's, it's different. It's just yeah. different. Yeah. You know, you didn't answer my question though. What's what your was, inspiration was for your next album? Oh, oh, oh. Is it political? Is it not political? <laughs> is it Bay Area? Is it not your son? Well, then the net, the next album is called quite a life. And so, okay. um, you know, like I said, it's my 10th. Mm-hmm. It might be my last one for a while. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to do other things musically. Okay. Um, and so I, I really, with every song, I'm like, how do you really feel about this? You know, because it's so tempting when you're writing songs. Oh, people are gonna love this shit. Let me let me write <laughs> let me write this because if I say this, that's really gonna raise some eyebrows and perk some ears. But then when I started to do that, I was like, but how do I really feel? Because I can do that. And it may not necessarily be how I really feel about about something. And I feel like, you know, I'm sort of at, at, at the stage of my career where I just, I have a lot more to say now, I feel like, than I did before. You know, and I feel like I'm in a position where I can say it because I've done so much and I've lived so much, so, so I've lived, so, I'm not, I mean, I'm not young, but I'm not that old either. But mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm at the point where I'm like, I have a little better, I have a better perspective on my life now than I probably did. And mm-hmm. I I probably don't feel like I have to, 
um, impress people as much as I, I think basically it means I'm just fucking an adult, you know, <laughs> and, um, Amen. you know, so as I'm writing these songs, I'm like, what haven't I talked about, you know, and, and, you know, if this is me not making an album for a while, how do I want to leave this, you know, for, you know, what, how do I want to bookmark this chapter for people until the next album? Because it may be a while, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, so as I'm writing these songs, like I'm, it's like, okay, I can write a song about, you know, the difficulties of a relationship, but a lot of songs have been written about that. You know, how do I really feel about that? You know, or how do I, how do I really feel about, you know, being the only Asian American in this business or one of five, you know, mm-hmm. historically, it's a short list. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, I've never really touched on that. You know, after 20, this is next, next year, it'll be 25 years. I've been making commercially released records. Mm-hmm. Like I've never even really talked about it that in depth how do i really feel about that you know Mm -hmm. well we have five minutes Um, so you can tell us right now i mean that's uh (laughs) uh, you know it's complicated you know it's really Mm -hmm. complicated like i just don't know um i i think for me it's like i said coming from berkeley when i would look around and i would see dan the automator Mm -hmm. or qbert or you know, all these guys, that was normal for me. So I never really felt like what I did was unusual. Again, it wasn't until like I started going out in the world and touring and, and I'm like, you know, my wife sings and she sings in the band and, mm-hmm. and we would play some places and we're like, there's a thousand people in this room. And I think we're the only mm-hmm. Asians in this town. <laughs> mm-hmm. The two that are on stage right now are the only ones in this town. And the other ones are the ones in this band, you know, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter if people wanted to hear the songs, you know, and they probably maybe didn't even know. I was going to say, are people still surprised you're Asian? Sometimes, yeah. You show up. Oh, Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Who's this guy? So, you know, it, but when that start, when that continues for 20 years, mm-hmm. you're like, how the fuck is this not changing? Why are we still the, the only, only ones out yeah. now. It, it has changed. I mean, there's a lot of other, but I mean, you know, like when I put I put out a Greatest Hits album last year, and you know, uh, one of my my writer friends, the my journalist friends, like, do you realize that you're the only Asian American artist in the history of American music to put out, of any genre to put out a Greatest Hits album? And I was like, nah, but now that you say that, I just want to curl yeah. up in like a ball. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's insane. And then wow. he's like, and then he was like, so what are you going to do next album? I was like, shit, I don't know. He's like, <laughs> stand up, maybe? Comedy? Yeah, stand up. Yeah, you he was, good. He was like, how do you follow that? Yeah. Well, he was like, so next year's your 10th album. I was like, yeah. He's like, do you realize you'll be the only Asian American artist <laughs> to ever put out 10 albums in the history of American music? And I'm like, okay. This Fuck. friend needs to calm down for a minute. Right. <laughs> Angry Asian man. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. The pressure. So, you know, it's awesome on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's fucking sad. You know, it's fucking sad. You know, there's so, so many of us out there that do this. Well, mm-hmm. I shouldn't. And, and, you know, that's changing now, which is good. You know, but in my opinion, it's not changing fast enough. 
you know, I've taken a lot of, I've had a lot of victories. Don't get me wrong. I've like, it has been quite a life, but, um, I've taken a lot of lumps over the years also, you know, and, um, but I'm just, I owe it. I feel like to myself and to my son, he needs to hear this shit. You know, like we were, I went to the of, only time I ever go to the museum is because they had the fucking Nike exhibit, you know, or the, the <laughs> shoe, the shoe exhibit at the Oakland Museum. <laughs> and I took him, I was, I went with my son. He's like, this is stupid. He's like, why is this even interesting? I'm like, okay, whatever. It's, I'm into it. But I took him up to, he's seven. I took him to, you know, they had this little cubicle. It was the Japanese American experience, you know, it was like all these pictures of like internment. You know, like oh. Manzanar and like da 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 da. And I had to sit there and fucking explain this to him. You know what I mean? Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God. You just came here for some shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm just, and he doesn't understand. He couldn't, as a child, he couldn't fathom, you know, why were people taken out of their homes and put into horse stables? You mm-hmm. know, he's like, why? But that doesn't, but daddy, I don't understand. And you're right. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And frankly, I don't even like seeing you in front of that picture. Can you please come over here? You know what I mean? And I just had to stop talking about it, you know, because it was so, it just didn't make any, it was so, you know, like this house that we live in, the fact that, you know, somebody, I mean, they will never take my house, but I'm just saying, like, (laughs) the, the fact that these families live in their homes and you're like, I just thought about that. I'm like, what if somebody came and tried to just kick you out of the house that you bought and you have an American passport? And then, of course, you start thinking about, oh, shit, okay. Well, how is that any different than the seeds we're planting now with travel bans? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and yes, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I want to talk about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. on my album, but from my perspective, you Mm -hmm. know, and... Because I think it, the things that are happening right now are so provocative, you know, in terms of like, just for artistically speaking, you know, it's like, I saw some comedian, he was like, I fucking hate Trump, but he's great for comedy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's how I kind of feel about the times we live in. It's, I wish it wasn't that way, but I can't deny that it, it makes me want to write songs, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I definitely want to do that, you know, and, um, um, and I am on the, I have been mm-hmm. on the record. So really, you, you, you know, it's called quite a life, but I think probably the subtitle in my mind is how do you really feel? You know, I like it. Uh, we're, Can't wait. we're already <laughs> out of time. Uh, so if anyone has any questions, come on up. Uh, so later that day was a pretty notable album in my life and a lot of my friends' lives. Thank you. Um, part of, you're welcome. Thank you. Part of that reason is because of the frustrations that are vented in the album and the creative way that you vent those frustrations. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to, um, I guess, how long that album took to shape and then maybe like where some of those specific frustrations came from. Songs like uh, Stop Complaining, The right. Last Trumpet. Yeah. Gertrude Werner, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you, man. That's awesome. So that album took a long time, man. It took a long time because it was the first album that um, I actually, I, produ- I produced the whole thing. And you got to understand when you are in the same group as DJ Shadow and Chief XL, 
you have very, very big steps to follow in, you know. And so it, it took me a long time, you know. It took me a long time to do, probably about three years, you know, to make mm -hmm. that album. But people's first album, it always does, because you have your whole life to make that album, and you have your whole life to draw upon. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think w one of the things that's so awesome about being an artist is, um, and being a writer is I'm able to articulate things in a way that a lot of people can't, you know, like my father, he was a writer. So I used to see the hours that he kept, he'd be up all night writing stuff. And, you know, he wrote like short stories for Mac, for Japanese magazines and he wrote a book and, you know, and so I saw that he would do that. But, but one-on-one, -on -one, he didn't really say much at all, you know, and I saw that he was able, though, to articulate his feelings through words, you know, and in, in such a way that people that can't articulate themselves in the same way, they're, they're able, that's why people relate to songs, I think, so much is because, you know, that, that artist can say these things that I've always felt, but I just couldn't find the words, you know, and... um I love that about what I do, you know, is that I'm able to write songs and, and a lot of people like it's great. Like for me, sometimes it's easy for artists to get jaded because we have our deadlines. We have to write our songs. We have a budget that we're working in. It has to be done by a certain time. It has to, we have all these constraints, you know, and so it kind of just becomes a job, you know, and um, but I can't tell you over the years how many people have said, you, you know, that song that you wrote, uh, you know, like uh, uh, whispers, let's say, you know, like you, about you, how your best friend died. You know, I lost my son, you know, or this that song you wrote. I was in prison when I heard that song, you know, and it helped me out and I, I helped me get focused. And I got a job now and yada, yada. or I was on the ver I was had a really bad drug problem. I was having family problems. I wanted to commit suicide, you know, but. You know, I heard Balcony Beach or something like that, and it really it was my theme song for that period of time, and it got me through. I mean, that kind of shit, like, I, I write the songs, I, I make them, I put them out in the world. I have no idea where they go. I don't know who's listening to them. I don't know the application that they have, you know. I don't know how, how they're being used. So when you hear people tell you that, you're just like, I did that, you know? you suddenly realize that you have a role in the world that's far greater than maybe even you thought you did, you know? Sure. And, and, um, that, that those moments, um, you, you really say to yourself, okay, I can't squander this time that I have this creative time that I have. If I have frustrations, I need to vent them because probably somebody else is feeling the same way, you know. Um, if I have joy, I have to, I have to, you know, um, broadcast that as well because maybe other people don't and maybe they need that, you know. Or maybe they do and they want somebody that they can identify with as well. Or maybe they just want a, a way that they can, you know, maybe they can't articulate themselves, but, you know, that's what these songs do. So... Um, you know, I, I, I try to write about what I love and what I hate, you know, <laughs> as, as a rule, you know. Anybody? Oh, come on up. Um, 
So I'm just wondering if um, you have done any sort of research on your own in terms of Japan's contribution to, to hip hop. I'm sure you probably have. Yeah. I mean, the best Filipino, the best um, cover band I've ever seen for James Brown cover band was a Filipino oh, really? James Brown cover band. We were dancing and it was incredible. Really? So it just always, and like Joe Batan and all these yeah. few people, it just always astounds me. And I'm just wondering, um, I heard, I was reading that in Japan, they don't really, the language isn't conducive to rhyming. So they came up with a whole language around um, so that they could use hip hop, so that they could make be, um, make hip hop music, basically. Okay. Mm. And I'm just wondering if like you have had any inclination maybe to explore that more or you're, you know, you're interested or you've done it or yeah. what you, I don't know. I, I do have a song on this album where I rap in Japanese. <laughs> so yeah, just because <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I haven't done it yet, you know? <laughs> and I needed help. I don't speak that well, you know, so I needed help. So um, a friend of mine helped me write it, but, um, uh, and it's not, it's not quite finished yet, you know, because I have to make sure that it's, it's again, how do I really feel? You know, I got to make sure that it's really representing, you, you know, it has to be at a certain level, you know, um, but yeah, but um, that doesn't surprise me though, you know, that, that you heard, I mean, a, a Filipino James Brown cover, but it doesn't surprise me, you know. It does right? not surprise me. You know, and James Brown is so hard to cover. Oh, my God. I mean, you think it's easy because the music doesn't change. You know, it's just kind of like these these two-bar loops, right. But it's all feel, it's all tight. And musicians tell me the hard part about playing James Brown is that you, you want to, like, travel a little bit. You know, but it's the discipline of playing the same fucking riff for three minutes in the pocket. That's what's hard with intensity. You know, that's what's hard about playing James Brown. So, but that doesn't surprise me to be honest. But, but you know, when when you go to these other countries, you see that everybody has their own local indigenous scene. You know, and um, it's just here we don't have. Asian American or yeah, that's what's so funny to me is like you know like sometimes I'll tweet or whatever like if I get frustrated it's like <laughs> we're banning the Academy Awards and ain't even enough of us <laughs> in the audience to begin with to ban the Academy Award you know mm -hmm. like I look in the audience I don't see a single fucking Asian in the entire audience you know yeah. and so like when I see shit like that I'm just like you know okay cool um, but you have to be present first in order to ban something and then they feel your lack of presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't even have that power just yet, you know? And that's the part that bothers me, you know, is because I don't have – there have been moments in my career where I just felt like I didn't have the cultural leverage to get what I wanted, you know, out of a situation or out of the business, you mm -hmm. know? I just didn't – and – and like when I see, you know, any basketball fans out there, you know, Jeremy Lin, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's a, you know, people always talk about, well, sports is a meritocracy and, you know, mm -hmm. the cream will always rise. This guy is a great player. He got bounced from like five, six teams. You know what I mean? You see mm -hmm. him play. He's adding so much to the game. He doesn't get the calls. He gets his ass kicked on the floor. Like people, you know, he doesn't get the calls. He doesn't get the minutes. You know what I mean? I'm just like, it just maybe it's a meritocracy overall, but I mean, not in his case. I don't know, you know? <laughs> and and um, I, I just think, you, you know, to, to me, when 
the Forbes list. <laughs> Looks like the waiting room at the ER. <laughs> you know, that's when then I know then we, we have equality. You know what I mean? So, well and with that, <laughs> that's our podcast. That's Bitch Talk. So I want to say thank you to the Lost Church. I want to say thank you to Lyrics Born. I want to say thank you to Craig for driving all the way from Phoenix for Storycraft. Thanks to Captain Party. Bitch, please. Thank you <laughs> to producer Char, who's always got our back. Thanks for being here. Whoa. Well, I came at you, a young boy girl with no I know I told you that we were supposed to have something more